1029 The Hog presents another Bob and Brian podcast. This Bob and Brian On Demand is brought to you by Marcus Theaters. In a relationship, never underestimate the power of date night, especially when it means sharing a movie at Marcus Theaters. Get tickets now at MarcusTheaters.com. Cue theme, everybody. Time to talk music news with our music expert. Your city will be serving as a haven for those with too much snow this week, Gary. We will. We will. We will have the Bills and Browns, which essentially makes it a Cleveland home game. Absolutely, because they're you know they're two and a half hours away. Buffalo is not that far, but they have to get out of the snow. Yeah, exactly. They're going to be buried under five feet of snow in Buffalo, so no football game there on on Sunday. What about playing it in Cleveland? Well, no, you're not going to give the other team a blatant home game. I suspect, I, and I think the Steelers are at home because Pittsburgh would have been a logical spot for it, too, you know, and probably equidistant. Uh, it's a little closer to Cleveland, but, um, but you know, in Detroit here we have a dome, so they, they know they can get the game off. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, so it'll be interesting. You know, we have the Bills. That we'll have the Bills in town twice next week. <laughs> what the they're, li- playing the, they're playing the Thanksgiving game against the Lions. <laughs> but interestingly, they're flying back to Buffalo after wow. Sunday's game. You'd think they'd just move in for a week. Right. Why not just uh, take up space in a hotel and, uh, and I don't know, a, a gym somewhere? Yeah. And- yeah. No, yeah. We have Why? good stuff going on around town while they're because, here. Because so. it's easier not to. Because you don't put a bunch of millionaires in a gym for a couple of nights. That's why. <laughs> this is true. Uh, here you go, Gary. This comes in to us from Kevin in Brookfield. Hi, uh, Kevin. Kevin says, can you talk to Gary about the disaster that is Ticketmaster's <laughs> Ticketmaster's dynamic pricing? Well, I heard, not, I heard yeah. tickets coming up for sale for Taylor Swift's tour are going for as much as $30,000. The tickets for upcoming Springsteen shows, uh, particularly at Fiserv, are going for 1100 1300 and 700 depending on, you know, where you want to sit. Right. Yes, yeah, so the $700 seats would be in the parking lot across the street. Well, it looks like it's the 200 level at least. Yeah. So, yeah. 1300 so now, I mean, for the 100 level, 1100 for floor. Well, you know, the bottom line here is hell hath no fury like millions of disappointed Taylor Swift fans. So you are finally, I think what's happened this week, and we'll go over that in a second, is going to be the proverbial straw that breaks the camel's back and gets Ticketmaster in some legitimate hot water with with the government and, you know, with regulatory agencies. Uh, Basically what happened this week with with Taylor Swift is, so Ticketmasters, and it's not just the dynamic pricing model. It's this thing they do called the verified fan presale, which is kind of a lottery. You put in to become a verified fan, and if you get chosen, then you get a chance to, to pre-buy. The whole system crashed because of the demand for Taylor Swift tickets. They had supposedly 1.5 million slots for which they got something like 14 million requests and then when the and that was so convoluted they had to delay the presale. Then when the presale finally happened, all these other users, non verified users and bots figured out how to get into the and just crash the presale. Bottom line is ninety percent of the Taylor Swift ticket or inventory sold in one day. 
leaving virtually nothing for the actual on sale, which was to be today, but which Ticketmaster canceled. So and has, it, has not yet said when they're going to put the, meas- the measly scraps uh, up for the rest of the world. So Ticketmaster does one thing, right? They're correct. They well, sell, they do, they they do sell other, tickets. They've managed to turn that into doing other things. Okay. You know, but, but their primary mission here is to sell tickets. But there have been investigations launched now in Tennessee, right? Tennessee and I believe California. Um, after this, after what's happened, because you know this is this is one of those that hit, you know it never it never impacts till it hits close to home. And I think there are enough both state and federal legislators whose kids are upset yeah. today. Yeah, that, um, that this is well, gonna, this is going to steer everybody. When you're looking at a thirty thousand dollar ticket for a Taylor Swift show, remember when the Eagles wanted one hundred dollars? I know, and we were all going hundred bucks. What are you crazy? Yeah, what, what the greed? Right, right. Interestingly, the same people behind the Eagles as, as are who behind who are behind Ticketmaster. <laughs> but uh, that would be Irving Azoff, right? Yeah, Irving Azoff and Live Nation. Okay, um, all right. Yeah, this is just, I've never seen a cock up like this. All right. It kind of happened with Springsteen, but this 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 was on, on a much grander scale. And, you know, the people don't want to hold the artists responsible in this, but they are, you know, if only by their silence, if only by they, they and their management's refusal to step in and say, you know, we're, we're calling a timeout here and figuring out what's going wrong. You know, we're going to make it right for our fans, but they aren't. How many times have they done this dynamic uh, ticketing thing? This has been going on, I want to say, the better part of a year and a half. It was quiet at first because you didn't have the the shows with this kind of phenomenal demand. I mean, you know. Well, but Springsteen and Adele, they uh, they both had this. Adele was a little different because of that working through, you know, Las Vegas and through the casino. Um, you know the, the you know the Taylor the scale of the Taylor Swift sale would be by any measure by any means that they were going to sell tickets would be through the roof. I mean this is nothing like we've ever seen before. The closest thing I can think of was when the Jackson Victory Tour happened in 1984, and that got all messed up too. Even though that was primarily a physical ticket sale. So they were ready for one point. Five million ticket purchasers, and they got right. 15, 14 million. Yeah, it's basically you know liking it to when you go to a concert. <laughs> Who got and, that wrong? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, but you know it's like when you go to a concert and they start to open the gates for the people who lined yeah. up correctly, and you get the surge from the back that just rushes in and overcrowds the place. Right. Yeah, that's essentially what happened here. What are we paying for an Elton John ticket for this uh, last show this weekend? You aren't. Elton's giving it to you for free if. You have Disney Plus, right? So yeah, so and that's you know that's not that expensive. I think you can even get a trial, um, so you can you can have a free whatever it is, forty eight hours or a week with Disney Plus. But at uh, ten o'clock on Sunday night, that would be uh, you know, Milwaukee time. Elton John will play what he says is going to be his final North American show from Dodger Stadium. Uh, he has some special guests. Uh, he and Kiki D are going to do "Don't Go Breaking My Heart." Uh, he and Dua Lipa are going to recreate their hit. Brandy Carlisle's going to be part of the show. Uh, it'll be preceded by 
uh, something called Countdown to Elton Live, which is kind of a documentary special with fan messages, interviews with Elton, you know, messages from his friends and peers. Am I going to be able to watch this if I don't catch it at 10 o'clock on Sunday night? I believe so. I believe it then, it then becomes a streaming. Okay. But, um, but yeah, so that, that'll be, that should be good. You know, I saw, what did I see? I saw him three times during this farewell tour, and they were all great shows. And, you know, you know he's going to be up for it on Sunday. Is this a voice hanging in there? or? Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. He, he has a strong voice anyway. You know, he's blessed with the uh, Constitution. That he and and then he's taking care of his voice. Yeah, didn't still, you hear him sing the promos for Good Morning America this week? Yeah, yeah. yeah strong as strong as could be. Yeah, no, he's no, he still sounds really good. <laughs> in the was, what? Are you serious? He was singing Good Morning America. Yeah, yeah no, he was promos because he's he on, was, yeah, he yeah. was pumping the show. Right. Um, and the good thing about the timing of this is you can watch the American Music Awards, which start at seven, and they'll go for about three hours, and then you can hop over to Disney Plus and catch Elton, so you can have a full night of music. I that is one thing. Here's a ticket that probably everybody can afford. Foreigners farewell tour. Yeah, they announced. Uh, you know, on Monday they announced that they are going to. They're going to pack it in. Um, it'll be the you know, um, it'll be the last time they're going to start. They're going to start what they're calling uh, the farewell tour in early July. And they're going to play in the in North America during 2023. Closest it gets to Milwaukee right now is July 22nd at the Hollywood Casino Amphitheater outside Chicago. Um, I think more dates will be announced, and then they're going to focus on Europe and the rest of the world in 2024. Uh, they also have they have quite a few dates. So this is quite a tour. <laughs> <laughs> well, not quite. Look at what Elton and Kiss are doing for their farewell. This That's... is why you ghost parties, because you don't want to spend your whole yeah. day saying goodbye. But All right, you're going to make a two-year... But I had a, you know, I had a, I talked with uh, Kelly Hansen, uh, who's the front man of Foreigner now, and also Mick Jones about, you know, what was going on here. And Kelly's the one who's actually falling on the sword, saying that he's reaching the point where he's not going to be able to do it like he like it should be done. That his voice is not up to the continual continuing rigors of singing Foreigner songs. So they they feel it's best to pack it in now. So the band has worn out two lead singers now. Yeah. Yeah, now Mick Jones, you know, has been suffering with his own health problems and is basically a special guest at the Foreigner shows when he does show up, and he's not even at all the Foreigner shows. So, you know, so, so they are, you know, you, you could, you, they're winding down at the right time, I think. Okay, I just, so many bands just, uh, you know, some guy gets replaced and they go on, yeah. and then another guy gets replaced and they go on, and, you know, before long, no original members are left. Well, Molly well, Hatchet. That's what's going right. Well, that's what's going on this year with Foreigner. Is this is the first year I've really seen on social media fans complaining about it about no original members in the band on those nights. Mick Jones doesn't show up. Yeah, and even complaining that when he does show up, it's like, what was that? All right, when you pull out when you pull out your uh, your old vinyl copy of Foreigner, uh-huh. and you pull out the sleeve and it has the six members of the band on there. Feels like the first time Cold as Ice is right. on that album. When was the last time those six guys took the stage together? What? Those, what yeah, year? that was probably 1980. Maybe those six guys now in 2018, most of them, the bass player passed away. Um, but most of them, plus the next bass player, played a couple, a handful of reunion shows. 
um, and they made a DVD out of them. And you know, basically the the current foreigner played, and then the the original or you know so, you know mostly original foreigner took the stage. So you know, for like an encore. Yeah. So and those were pretty cool. I went to one of those shows, and those were pretty cool. Richie Sambora really going to jump back in with Bon Jovi? We'll see. We'll see. I guess he was asked. So you know, um, Bon Jovi, which. Uh, which has been kind of kind of inactive after a not terribly satisfying tour um, last year is going to be playing this year at the Glastonbury or next year at the Glastonbury Festival in England. They're one of the headliners, and that, that's a pretty big deal. So uh, Richie was in London recently, and I guess the reporters were asking him, you know, about would would he play with Bon Jovi at the Glastonbury Festival at least, and he said. Uh, he said it's a possibility. We're talking a bit, so everybody's running with this and saying, "Ooh, you know, Richie's going to be back with Bon Jovi." You know, he said they're talking about it. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see maybe a special guest appearance by Richie. You know, he could play "Wanted, Dead or Alive" and "Living on a Prayer." You know, the songs that have the uh, him doing the talk box or, or on which he's featured. And that'd be a nice, you know, that'd be a nice moment. It was a nice moment when they got inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And he played with them, so I don't. I don't see him rejoining the band, though. Has Glastonbury <clears throat> always been open to uh, I don't know American bands and stuff? Yep. I thought it was a European thing. That's, it, you know, it's mostly Brit- it's it's mostly British centric, but they have had the you know a few American bands. They've in, they've instituted this kind of heritage spot. I think it's like on Sundays at dinner time. And like Lionel Richie did a set, and Diana Ross, and you know they bring in it's almost it's almost like it's you know to be cheesy, but they bring in these you know these artists who have a lot of veteran artists who have just a ton of hits that nobody wants to admit they like, but they know every word to, <laughs> and the and the crowds have just gone crazy for this. Okay, so uh, yeah, <laughs> Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremony. That's yeah, when that's on, Saturday night. That's Saturday night, eight okay. o'clock. Um, debuts on HBO, and that is on. Uh, we'll be streaming on HBO Max after that. So you'll get to see the speeches, the performances. You know, Pat Benatar and Neil Giraldo, uh, Judas Priest, Eminem. Uh, Lionel Lionel Richie, Dave Grohl, guested with Lionel Richie on one of his songs. Uh, Bruce Springsteen and John Mellencamp paying tribute to Jerry Lee Lewis. You know, they truncate it. You won't be saying it was a five-hour ceremony in person, and I think this is two and a half hours, but they'll hopefully pick the right right quotes from the speeches and the right songs that were performed. And... uh, and yeah, usually it's a, it's a fun way to to experience that. Every year we have a million uh, award ceremonies that go on, um, but you always say that this is the one that really matters to artists. The Songwriters Hall of Fame nominees are out. Right, they are. This is like long... the most important of all of them. Well, because it is the songwriters voting for the songwriters. You know, this is in terms of the credibility. This is huge, and it's a you know you have to be a songwriter. You just can't make a cool record. Uh, you have to be a songwriter to get into this particular Hall of Fame. So this week, uh, they announced the nominees, and you know, that list is always like really, really long. And they, you know, and then then they they whittle it down to I think it's like six who get in. But it's the usual wide array. You know, it goes from Blondie to Snoop Dogg to Brian Adams to Patti Smith to the the songwriters of REM, Michael McDonald, uh, Anna Nancy Wilson of Heart. Uh, there, you know, there are a few rappers. Um, Glenn Ballard, 
you know, who wrote a lot of hits, Spooner Oldham, you know, people who wrote a lot of hits, uh, Tommy Boyce and Bobby Hart, who wrote a lot of the Monkees hits, uh, the Doobie Brothers songwriters are nominated this year, Vince Gill, who's now part of the Eagles, uh, Jeff Lind from ELO, Gloria Stefan. So of this, of this big long list, like I said, I think it's a half dozen will get chosen and then be inducted on uh, June 15th in New York City. All right. And Mariah Carey is not going to be the queen, Christmas she queen. Is not, she is not queen officially of, the queen of Christmas. Queen of she, Christmas. May be, she may be some people's queens, but she did file for a trademark yeah. uh, to be called the uh, the queen of Christmas. And this has been denied uh, by the United States <laughs> Patent and Trademark Office because of um, Elizabeth Chan, who released an album in 2018 titled Queen of Christmas and was called the Queen of Christmas by the New Yorker magazine uh, that same year. So it's basically, I think, you know, what the patent office says, basically said is, you know what, she's not the Queen of Christmas either. Nobody is the Queen of Christmas. <laughs> you, you cannot, nobody can have that. You're going to fight over a, this? Well, just formal take it away and put it in the closet. Sure. Hey, right. Exactly. All right. All right, Gary, we're out of time. All right. We'll talk, uh, we'll talk early next week. Go Bills. Yeah, I guess. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll talk to you next week, Gary. Take care.